0: Praise God. If you got your Bible this morning, ask you to open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. i want to give you a scripture, the same scripture I've been giving you the past three weeks for the month of March. The reason this scripture is because for the month of March, uh, we're having Miracle March. Or that just means all the money that comes into the church this month, we're giving it away. So uh, everything minus just what it takes to... Uh, pay for this room right here. The rest of it, we're giving it away. In fact, yesterday, uh, one of the musicians wanted some uh, additional pieces of equipment for the band. And I said, well, it's just going to have to wait till after this month because this month it all goes away. So we've been we've, we've done it. We've been purposing. And uh, if you've been here, we showed a video for Mercy Ships. They provide Uh, medical-type missions, and then we showed you uh, Mark Hankins Ministries, which is an evangelist, goes all over the world preaching and teaching, and uh, he's very powerful and uh, preaches to uh, lots of pastors. And then we showed you Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is uh, local chapters, but also all across largest student organization that's Christian-based in America. Uh, So we've been looking at, or we've been, excuse me, no, you're not supposed to do that, but I just swallowed my gum. Because I, I just realized I was chewing gum while I was preaching. And uh, so, anyway, oh, I had to swallow it. And some of it, it didn't want to go all the way down. But I got it, in Jesus' name. Please, can I have some? It like broke in half. And some of it went down, and then the rest of it was just hung up back there. Praise God. We'll cut all that out of the tape. So if you want to listen to any of this, or this won't be on, online. Uh, so praise God. So we've been looking, we've been endeavoring, or we are doing. I shouldn't even say endeavoring. We're given locally, nationally, internationally, and around the world different organizations or people that we're given to. Uh, they serve in different aspects. This week I don't have a video to show you, but I want to mention to you locally what we're doing. That, uh, just I guess maybe two weeks ago, one thing that we've already done is a local. Uh, Ministry here in town. Their freezer broke, and they uh, give. They have a the food pantry, but not just the food pantry. They actually cook. Food. They cook hot meals and their freezer broke. Well, I caught wind of it. Uh, that, that Their freezer broke and they had frozen food that they didn't want to spoil and they wanted to keep feeding people. So our church, we went out and bought them a new freezer uh, with the money that came in this month. I called them up and said, listen, uh, I know your freezer broke. And they were, they were looking for a used freezer or something like that. I said, listen, I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to buy you a freezer. I'm going to put it in your name. Just go buy pick it up at your convenience whenever you want. So that's just one thing locally Uh, why are we doing that well because this verse here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8 I'm going to read it to you it says whatsoever good doth any man do the same shall he receive of the Lord so we like to do some good things and just believe God to do some good things for us not only that is we as a church aren't feeding anybody we really aren't. And Jesus said, listen, whenever I was hungry, you fed me. Whenever I was naked, you clothed me. Whenever I was in prison, you visited me. And the church right now, in a movie theater, we don't have a food pantry. We aren't doing that. But through our giving, we can feed people. In fact, I just saw, I guess yesterday or day before, they sent me a message and said, we fed 19 people out of our freezer today, 19 families out of our freezer today. And we just want to say thanks for purchasing the freezer. So, Praise God, just last week you were responsible for feeding 19 families because of this month of Miracle March. There's also another church that I drive by and they're in the middle of a building program. That just means they're adding on to their building. their church. They're not a denomination that we're affiliated with or anything. But as I drive by that building, the Lord says, well, there's your project right there. And I say, well, Lord, I like my own building. We're ready for a building. We, we want our thing. But, but whatever good we do for another man, God says, I guarantee you the same you'll receive from the Lord. So this week, and there won't be no fanfare, I promise you. They won't even to know it's from us. I could care less. I told the last people that the freezer, they said, can we just tell everybody what you did? I said, God, no, please don't. It has nothing to do with me or our church. Who cares about me? Well, we just, we're trying to help and be a blessing and feed people. So no, I don't care. And I don't care if any of these people ever know that we uh, are doing anything. We just want to do good that God says he sees in secret, but he rewards openly. So we're not waving a flag trying to show people what we're doing. No, who cares about that? We want to do it secretly and believe God to do some things openly. And as far as another church is concerned, because there's a part of me, it's like, well, you, what about your own building? But, but Jesus said, because some people, you know, understand different denominations believe different things. But the last scripture I want to give you this morning concerning this is in Mark chapter 9, verse 40. Jesus said, this is red letters, he says, if they aren't against us, then they are for us. In other words, right before that, the disciples are saying, uh, you know, the disciples were always wanting to know who was gonna be the greatest, who was gonna be the best, who's the best followers of Jesus. And whenever denominations are concerned, you know, you get a lot of this uh, talking back and forth. But Jesus said, listen, as long as they're preaching Jesus, preaching me, preaching my life, preaching my death, preaching me crucified, uh, preaching me resurrection, they're not against us, they're for us. So, our church is for every other church in town. As long as they're preaching Jesus, as long as they're preaching Him. Uh, crucified and risen, then they're not uh, not against our team. They're on our team. That we're all part of the body of Christ. So we don't have any problem going to another church that's having a building program and saying, you know what, it's Miracle March and we just want to be a blessing to you and help you get your building up off the ground so that you can fill it and the church can grow and we can all go to heaven sooner rather than later. Because that's what it's all about is us making it Jesus coming back. And the only thing that Jesus is waiting for before he splits the eastern sky and comes back. Is he's waiting for souls? The Bible says it's the precious fruit of the earth. That's what he's waiting for. People are wondering when's Jesus going to come back. When everybody's heard the gospel. Once they've all heard the gospel, then he'll come. But he doesn't wish that any should perish. So we just want to do our part. We want to help. So we appreciate your giving. Appreciate uh, what what you're doing uh, this month of March. We have this Sunday and then next Sunday, and we're giving it all away. So. Praise God. Let's pray together over our giving this morning. Thank you, Father God, for uh, how awesome you are, how faithful you are. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is guaranteed. And you said whatever good good we do to other people, that that you would do the same thing for us. So corporately, individually, as a church body, uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to feed your sheep, to feed them spiritually, to feed them naturally, to reach families, to help build your church. Not just this church, but every church every person that's preaching Jesus we thank you for the opportunity to give and help and support your body locally nationally internationally and all across the globe we understand that there's people in China having church right now there's people in Thailand having church there's people in Africa having church and we're mindful of them your whole body we thank you for the opportunity to serve them in Jesus name everybody said amen praise God my wife has got a couple of announcements she's going to give you, and then we're going to get into the Word this morning, and it's going to be awesome. Amen.
1: Tag. Thanks. Amen. All right, if you check out your bulletin right here, we've got got them listed. The first one is youth. Tonight, they are having Ultimate Frisbee at Pre Lake Park at 6 o'clock, and they're going to have hot dogs and chips and all kinds of refreshments so if you would like to bring something or are interested in going you can see marlisa after church if you have any questions i'm uh, not sure where Priyan lake park is or anything like that and it, there's no cost so praise god we have a, a youth group that gets together and we don't have to charge to have events but uh, we're a blessed church amen Praise God. And also Harbor House on Tuesday. If you would like to go to Harbor House and minister to teenagers, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I had to miss the last one. I think I was out of town. So this Tuesday, I'm going uh, at 5 o'clock. If you're interested in going, come see me after church. And then also on Tuesday, we have our auditions. We've been telling you about it for about three weeks and pretty excited about that. I'm not exactly sure of the times because there's time slots, so you would have different times. And uh, you can see Marlisa if you forgot your time uh, or have any questions about that if you need to bring anything, just see Marlisa. And then Easter Sunday, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. I am so excited. We've got some special stuff planned for you. And uh, what an awesome day we get to come together and celebrate Jesus is risen from the dead. Praise God. We do that every day at my house. I was talking to my kids about it. I said, you know, we celebrate it every day, but there is one day that we set aside to come together, all together as a body here at the river and to celebrate Jesus risen from the dead. So I encourage you to invite somebody to church. It's going to be a wonderful time. A lot of times people are open to going to church. They just don't go. But they would if somebody would invite them. It just takes a, hey, do you want to come to church with me on Sunday? We've got this new stuff going. They started doing instruments and stuff. is really awesome. That's all you got to tell them. It was fun for us anyway. Lots of fun. Um, and that's it.
0: Praise God. We will do communion next week as a church together. We'll get together. We'll do communion for Easter. And uh, I'd like to say I appreciate the, the people singing and playing this morning. Believe God's increasing. Things are good. The anointing comes in. And you can feel the presence of God come in. And uh, it's wonderful. So next Sunday, and uh, encourage you to invite somebody to church. The number one way uh, for people to actually get involved and come to church is just by somebody inviting them. You can do billboards. You can put something on the side of a bus. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff, But 90% of people that show up at any given church on any given Sunday, it's because somebody said, hey, you want to go to church? Hey, there's this stuff going on. Hey, this is my story. I was, I was this way, and now I'm this way. And you just tell that story, and you'd be surprised. People, they'll show up. Absolutely, they'll show up. And then the, the pressure's off. After that, then it's on God then, and he always shows up. He's awesome. If you got your Bible this morning, I want you to open it up to Acts chapter 10. Uh, yep, you want that? Acts chapter 10, I'm going to give you about a five-minute recap. There's several of you that haven't been here. Maybe you weren't here last week or maybe you've never been here. And we've been looking at the book of Acts for the past, I guess, month or so. Everybody's familiar. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus born in Bethlehem. He grows up. He dies on the cross. He's risen from the dead. But after that, uh, the book of Acts or the church is born. In other words, Jesus didn't just come to die for, for the Jewish people. He came to die for everybody. So the book of Acts is where the church is formed. And and, and I'm just going to go through some of these chapters with you. Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, Jesus said, all right, I'm risen from the dead, but now I have an assignment for you. Go to Jerusalem and don't leave that city till the Holy Spirit comes. And once the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to finish my work. There's still going to be the the same works that I've done, you're going to do. That song that we're singing is so powerful, the same power that conquered the grave, ...lives in you man, I just encourage you to walk around your house and if you don't know what to say about the Bible, I would just declare that. I don't care how you feel or what your situation looks like because it's the it's the Word of God. The Word of God says the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. And in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, that's what Jesus, He said, once the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to reveal some things to you and He's going to reveal this power that's attainable and on the inside of you. And, 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 and once He comes, everything will be different. Acts chapter 2, we saw the arrival. He showed up, and he showed up, and, and things began to change. The Bible says that the that, that sound as of rushing mighty wind came in, and cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then Peter, standing up full of the Holy Spirit, he said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And, and, and these signs, and he just begins to preach, Jesus, Peter was a complete coward. But once the Holy Spirit showed up, nothing was the same about him again. And then Acts chapter 3, the name of Jesus was used. The first miracle is performed. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Get up and walk. And that man got up and walked in the name of Jesus. And then we saw the first martyr, Stephen, has died. He's killed because anytime you do anything great for God, you can expect there to be some level of opposition. So the Holy Spirit is using these men. He's changing lives through them. And because of that, persecution arises. And then the apostle Paul totally gets saved. He writes two-thirds of the New Testament. And now we're in Acts chapter 10 this morning. So we've met Stephen. We've met Paul. We've talked about Peter this morning we're going to look at a man named Cornelius so if you got your Bible Acts chapter 10 if you don't have your Bible then I encourage you to check out the screen behind you and we'll help you if you don't have your, uh, your B-I-B-L-E this morning how many of y'all with me Amen. am I talking fast I have a lot to say I only get to see y'all what, once a week or something I gotta let it rip man like a chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> gotta clean some forest man so praise God. Let me pray together before we get started. Pray for you. Pray for myself so that I'm not just saying what I want to say, that I'm saying what the Lord wants to say. The Holy Spirit's already showed up, so we just want to stay in that vein this morning. So thank you, Father God, for uh, the entrance of your Word this morning, giving light and understanding. I thank you, Lord, for the example of Acts, that there's things, there's ingredients in this book that needs to be in our church, and we're searching them out. and We're diligent, God, that we want what you want for us this morning. So I pray Pray, Father God, for uh, revelation and understanding to hit our hearts this morning, to hit our lives this morning, to see things about you that we've never seen, to feel things and hear things that we've never experienced today, that we don't want just another casual Sunday. No, who cares about that? God, we want everything that you have for us this morning. So I thank you, Lord, for utterance, the ability for me to say what you would have said this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said Praise God, Acts chapter 10, verse 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, and he was a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. He was a devout man, and he was one who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously, or he gave money, he gave stuff generously to people, and he prayed to God always. So the first character in our in our play, I guess you could say this morning, is a man named Cornelius. So I'm going to ask you again as we're looking at the book of Acts. You know, sometimes we, we, we look at things topically. Last week we looked at righteousness, which is what Paul, he, he got that from Jesus. That righteousness is a free gift that we have right standing with God. But this week we're just going to look at this chapter. So I want you to use your imagination about this man the first thing it says about cornelius the number one thing is he's a roman in other words he's an uncircumcised guy he doesn't have a a covenant with uh, God's people. He's a Roman citizen. He's not a Jew. And Romans and Jews usually didn't hang out. In fact, Romans were the ones that were responsible for crucifying Jews. If you saw last week on Bible, how many of y'all been watching the Bible on History Channel where there's a picture of Jesus as just like a five-year-old boy riding into Jerusalem with his mother and he looks at the horizon and one right after another, historically they say over 2,000 Christians were crucified and they lined that street. So as people coming into Jerusalem, the Romans had hung Christians all along the way uh, like ornaments. Right, and the reason that they did that is the is the Romans are trying to crush or 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 hold down this uprising, these this uprising of Christians by the Holy Spirit is taking things over, and it makes Rome scared. So Caesar says we got to start killing them. So he starts crucifying people. So this man right here is a Roman citizen. He's not just a Roman citizen; he's a Roman soldier. So if you've ever seen Gladiator or movies like that, he's got the big piece of metal on with the red. Horsehair. He's got the big leather and all the metal. He's a Roman soldier. He's not just a soldier. It says that he's a centurion. Centurion just means that he's over a hundred people. He has a hundred soldiers under him. Is it possible that he was forced to hang people on a tree and crucify them for their faith? I don't know but it says next though that he is a devout man or in other words he started hearing or learning about these Jewish people. Is it possible that he's nailing one of them to a cross and instead of spitting on him and cursing at him he does what Jesus does and he says forgive these soldiers for killing me right now. I'm laying my life down. Something happened happens to this Roman centurion soldier and he becomes to seek or search out for God. And the same thing's true with all of us at some point in our life that we're living our life, but something on the inside of us starts to move and change. And we may not quite understand what it is, but but this man, he, he says after he's a devout man, it actually says for his whole household. So he's a family man. He's a country man. He's a soldier. He's a captain in the Italian regiment it's a, he's a devout man but then after that it says that he gives generously to the poor or to people so he's a giver uh, which is again pretty unusual for this type of person because he doesn't have to give anybody anything He is a captain in the Roman army, but he's a giver. Then the last thing it says about Cornelius is that he prayed to God always. Maybe he was there whenever they hung our savior to the tree and he heard Jesus say, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And he felt the earth shake whenever the veil from the temple was ripped in half. Something happened in this man's life that is starting to move him and change him from just being a Roman citizen or a Roman soldier and things are starting to move on the inside of him as good as he is let me just say this he's a family man he's a, he's a soldier he's a devout man he gives to the poor and he prays always and yet if he died at that moment he would have gone straight to hell even though he prayed all the time even though he was religious he was devout even though he gave Generously, if he would have died before he got saved, he would have entered eternity and went to hell. Because we learned last week that righteousness, you can't earn it. It doesn't matter how much you pray. It doesn't matter how religious you are, how many scriptures you've memorized. You can't earn righteousness. You can't earn salvation. So this is a good man. He's a God-fearing man. But that doesn't mean he's a God-man. That doesn't mean that he's been born again. So to me, that just goes for a warning for me as a pastor and for you as a person. That everywhere you go, you may run across good men that are family men, that pray, and they may even give to the poor, be very generous or be be good philanthropists. None of that matters. Without the blood of Jesus, they're going to hell. That's just a fact. So you can't assume just because there's a good husband, it, it don't matter. One day we're all gonna stand before God and without righteousness, without the blood of Christ, it doesn't matter. So this man, he's got a lot of good stuff going for him. Let's see what happens to him. Verse three says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. How many of y'all like to be visited by an angel? Even though he's not saved, he's doing enough stuff that he's got God's attention. What, what, what is it that got God's attention? Well, verse 4, it says, And whenever he observed the angel, he was afraid. And he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms or your giving has come up as a memorial before God. This is an unsaved guy, but the cry of his heart has made it to the ears of his daddy. Not only that, but his giving has entered the nostrils of God or has left this planet and has gone up as a memorial in heaven before God that he says your giving has come up to God, and it's a memorial. Now, I don't know if you've ever, you know, uh, my dad has a headstone, and whenever I go look at my dad where he's buried, I look at that headstone, and that's a memorial of his life. And I stand there, and I think about him. That's what memorials do. Well, apparently, this man's giving has just brought to remembrance him. And before God, God is saying, listen, I've got to send an angel from heaven down here to intervene on this guy's life. Why? He says, well, your prayers and your alms They're a memorial before me. So the angel next tells him, verse 5, he says, Now send men to Joppa. Yaman. Just kidding. Sounds reggae, don't it? Yagomanda Joppa. Just kidding. And send for him Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with another Simon. Simon and Simon. Don't that sound like a great band? It does. Simon and Simon, they be a Joppa, Yaman. uh, a, a, a tanner, this Simon's a tanner, and he says, His house is by the sea, and he will tell you what you must do. And I'm going to add the word next. You remember last week or a week before whenever we talked about Paul, the Bible says the light shined down from heaven, knocked Paul off the horse. He's blinded. Paul says, what do you want me to do, Lord? And the Lord tells Paul, he says, go find this man in this city. And once you're there, I'll tell you what to do next. Same thing to Cornelius. An angel visits him. He says, go to this city at this place, find this man, and I'll tell you what to do next. In other words, we like to we like to know all of it. We like to know uh, what's, God, what you got for me next year. God, what you got for me three years from now. God, what you got for me five years from now. And many times, God will just say, "Get your butt to that church and stay put." And while you're there, I'll tell you what to do next. And you may be there a year before the word of the Lord comes, and you know God's God's talking to me right now. I can't tell you how many services I've been in that I didn't even necessarily want to be in. I would have rather been playing golf. But the Lord said, you get your butt up there at 10 o'clock. They got prayer. And then 11 o'clock, pastor so-and-so is going to be doing some preaching. And while sitting there, the word of the Lord came and said, this is your assignment. This is where you're going next. You're going to move here. You're going to do this. So so God isn't going to tell you everything. The Bible says that we walk by faith. And walk is just one step at a time. We like to run. We like to sprint. We like to microwave. But God says, listen, I want you to walk one step. After another step, and I'll meet you there. He always meets us there. All right, so let's see what happens. He tells him where to go. He says, find this tanner. I'll, once you get there, I'll tell you what to do next. Verse 7 says, and when the angel spoke to him, he departed. He obeyed. Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. I mean, I wish you had some people that waited on you continually. I was thinking, what about a chef? Don't everybody just want a chef? Wouldn't everybody just like a chef, a masseuse? Now that, how about a chef masseuse? When he's not cooking, he's rubbing. That would be awesome. Say, I just ate, and now I lay down. <laughs> Chop me, yes, awesome, huh? Oh, wash his hands in between. Right? Yeah, you don't want chicken grease all on your back. <laughs> so- I smell like chicken. <laughs> Can you wash in between? <laughs> oh goodness. So yeah. So he's got some He's got a couple of a couple of servants and a centurion, and he sent them ahead. This really uh, one thing it ministered to me because uh, you're going to see the main people in this character are Cornelius and Peter, but there's other puzzle pieces in play, and a lot of times we just read over them and we don't think about them. We just want to hone in on the key central, figures but there's other pieces and every one of them are vital uh last week or week before I was going to put up Ansley's puzzle it was like a a princess little mermaid type puzzle and it had them big pieces you know it's pretty easy and I was going to put it put them back in the box because it was all messed up but but as I'm doing that I saw that two pieces fit together and y'all know where I'm going with this I'm sure because after I put those pieces together I was like oh so then I found another piece. And before I knew it, I had like her both her legs and her shoes. And I was like, oh, well, I've already started now. Might as well keep going here. So I, I got and I made this whole princess. was all by myself. Nobody was there. It was beautiful. It was awesome. So I made this whole princess puzzle, but I was missing one of the pieces, and I got upset. I was like, now I've got this whole princess puzzle made, and I'm missing her hand. I think it was Ariel. I'm missing her hand. And just that one piece, it made a difference to me. And finally, I found it. They had messed it up or whatever. So I got the puzzle all done, and Elizabeth comes home, and she says, who did that puzzle? I said, I don't know. I came home and the princess puzzle was done. I have no idea who did that girly, sissy puzzle. But she knew I was lying. She said, you sat down and did that puzzle, didn't you? I couldn't help it. I just had to have it. But I wanted all the pieces. And a lot of time, whenever I'm explaining to the kids, I say, all right, all right boys and girls, we're going to do a puzzle. Find the corner pieces first, then find all the flat pieces and make the border, right? And we feel like, you know, I feel like, oh, you got to find the corner ones first. And we feel like sometimes that the, the key central people are the main people. But all throughout Acts chapter 10, you're going to see there's some other puzzle pieces in play. And the first ones here are these servants and this soldier. So after he explained these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. And then verse 9 says... The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up on his housetop to pray about the sixth hour. I love God. God is so awesome that that you got one assignment here, and now across the town, God's going to give another assignment to this guy. He needs both of them to obey, and when their lives intersect, things happen. The puzzles get together and things happen. All right, so he gets together and he says, I'm going up on the house to pray. And then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat. How many of y'all have ever gone to pray and then all of a sudden you're like, hmm. You're like my oh God, I need some notes. I can't pray right now. But he was smart enough. He says, "Look, it says." But while they made ready, or in other words, Peter had some people helping him, and he said, "Guys, you go downstairs and make ready for me some biscuits or whatever." And while they made ready, he continued to pray. There's some more pieces of the puzzle there that if they'd have said, "No, nah, you make your own biscuits," then 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 no no these people needed to do their part so they're making ready food Peter gets up on the roof to pray and the Bible says a trance he falls into a trance what does a trance look like I don't know just kidding I don't know what a trance looks like, but he totally falls into a trance. Verse 11 says, And he saw heaven open, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descended down and uh, down to the earth, and it was filled with all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth. It had wild beasts, it had creeping things, and it had birds of the air. So you can imagine this. He goes up to pray, and all of a sudden heaven opens, and he sees a vision or a sheet Lowered down with four corners. Uh, hold him ever carried nuts or something in your shirt? You know, whatever. You carry whatever in your shirt. You got a sheet and they're using it to carry things. There's four different things. There's some bugs in there. There's some birds in there. There's some four-legged animals, I guess like deer, cow, stuff like that. Then there's some beasts, maybe an elephant or something. I don't know. But there's four different types of, of animals that are falling down. And let's see. In red letters here, a voice comes to him. It says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. The voice wants him to get up, kill something out of that sheet and eat. But Peter said, no, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again a second time and says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up to heaven again. How many of y'all had to tell your kids to do something three times? Put your shoes on, put your shoes on. Put your shoes on. My God, do you not hear me? Put your shoes on. Well, what's wrong? I couldn't find it. Put your shoes on. And God has to say the same thing three times over to Peter, but he's trying to get something over to him. And a lot of times people use this verse as an excuse to like eat pork or something, you know, like, oh, I'm to eat pork. God said if it's not unclean, then it's not unclean. But we're going to find out here in just a second, God's really not talking about dinner. He's really not trying to get, he's not talking about that to Peter. But if you know, in the Old Testament, they weren't allowed to eat pork. They weren't allowed to eat shrimp. They weren't allowed to eat crab. They weren't allowed. And not only were they not allowed to eat it, they weren't allowed to touch it. So whenever this voice tells Peter, Peter, I know that you're 40 years old and you've never touched the crab. And you've never touched a uh, 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 pig. You've never touched this. And I'm wanting you to rise, kill, and eat it. Uh, Peter says, I can't do that. My whole life, I've never eaten anything unclean and you're asking me to eat something that's common or unclean and, and he says if I say it's clean it's clean if I say it's not common then it's not all right so let's keep going here verse 17 it says while Peter wondered within himself what the vision was he had seen and meant, behold now on the other side of town here comes the men who had been sent from Cornelius and they made inquiry for Simon's house and they stood before the gate and they called and asked whether Simon whose surname was was Peter was lodging there. And when Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit of the Lord said, Behold, three men are looking for you. Arise, go down, go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men who had been sent from him from Cornelius and said, I am him who you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, well, there's a man named Cornelius and he's a centurion. He's a just man. He fears God and he has a good reputation among the nation of the Jews. He was Divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to come to this house and to hear words from you. And then Peter invited them in, lodged with them. And then on the next day, Peter went with them and some brethren. Again, Peter now is not going by himself. There's some other pieces of the puzzle that are going with Peter. i just like to mention this. That the people that you hang out with, if you hang out with the right people, you can see God move. If you hang out with the right people, you can see God do some things. If you'll get around the right people, people that are moving towards God, people that are pressing after God, people that are pursuing God, if you can just be there, whether you're ever in the limelight or not, if you just purpose say, I'm going to be one of those people who are just one of the brethren. And if you can get there, you can see God do amazing things. Awesome, wonderful things. My pastor always taught me, he said, there's some things that God will only tell you through somebody you're supposed to be in relationship with. In other words, God will put people in your life and he'll use them to speak to you. But if you aren't in relationship with them, then, then you'll go to your grave wondering, well, why didn't I ever know that? And you'll stand before God and He's going to say, You were supposed to be in relationship with that person and they were going to speak into your life. But because you weren't there, you never heard that part of my voice. And it's not that I wasn't transmitting. He's like a radio. God's like a radio. He's always broadcasting, He never goes, Doo. Like we all experience whenever a kid and then the national anthem comes on. God never plays the national anthem. He's always, he's like cable, right? He's always broadcasting. But it's up to us to hook up with the right people, to to get in prayer and and to try. Say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to be where you want me to be. Because now these people are going to hook up with Peter and they're going to see some amazing stuff. Verse 24 says, And the following day they entered Caesarea, and Cornelius was waiting for them, and he had called together his relatives and close friends. What's going on here? A shindig exactly what's happening. Another thing you got to love about Cornelius is he says, I believe we're about to hear from God and I don't want to just hear it from me. So he gets all of his family in there. He gets all of his friends in there and they're waiting to hear the word of God. And they're having a shindig. I'm sure they had some roly-poly or something, whatever they got going back that day. And they're waiting, his whole friends, all his family, everybody's together and they're waiting on Peter. We will be starting Shindigs up. this, is just a disclaimer here, public service announcement. Uh, Shindigs will resume in about two weeks here, right around Easter. And we'll be going over the Circle Maker, which is awesome. Believe it'll bless you and you'll love it. If you don't know what a Shindig is, that's our small group that meets at people's homes. We just finished the six-week group of Shindigs. Now we're taking a couple of weeks off and we'll pick back up after Easter. That's the end of my PSA. Praise God. Verse 25, it says, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, stand up, man. You're a piece of the puzzle just like me. I myself am also a man. In other words, don't worship me. As he talked with him, he went in and he found many who had come. Together, And he said to them, do you know how unlawful it is for me, a Jewish man, to keep company with you or to go to another nation? Peter says, listen, you don't understand. I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. And I'm not supposed to communicate with you. How I many of y'all remember whenever Jesus and the Samaritan woman, and, and he says he's offering her something to drink. And the Samaritan says, well, what are you doing talking to me? It's unlawful for you to talk to me. We're not allowed to even be in each other's presence. And this is what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, listen, I, I'm not supposed to be here. Y'all don't have a covenant. Y'all aren't Jews. And yet I'm here. And uh, I, 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 I know I'm not supposed to be here. But let's, let's see what he says next. He says... Uh, But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So in other words, Peter's starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together. This wasn't really about, you know, a food that, that he's saying, listen, now Christianity is coming. It's breaking out to everybody, to the Samaritan, to every person. It doesn't matter if they have a covenant with God. It doesn't matter if they're of circumcision or uncircumcision. Now everybody has equal access to the king to the king of kings and the lord of lords and, and we're talking about acts because we believe that there's ingredients in acts that need to be in every church and I believe if there's one thing uh, significant we need to take away from this from this man is that everybody is welcome red, yellow, black and white they're all precious in his sight that this church is available and open to any gender or any, any creed or any tongue any nationality everybody is welcome and people Peter's finally getting that revelation that if God says it's clean, it's clean because it's clean by the blood of the Lamb. You can't earn it as long as they'll come under that crimson flood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. As long as they'll plunge underneath that flood, it'll clean all of their guilty stains. So it doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. If God says they're clean, they're clean. So for our church, everybody's welcome. We want every color, every kind. I don't care. Listen, and we want it all. We want everybody. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. Even you. Just kidding. Even me. Lord Jesus. Where am I, at, babe? Verse 30. So Cornelius said, Cornelius starts to talk to him. He says, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in the house. And a man stood before me in bright clothing. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. And your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, people to Joppa and to Simon, whose surname is Peter. And their lodging with him. is another man named Simon, a tanner. And when he comes, he'll speak to you. So I sent to you immediately. And you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God. Because we want to hear the things commanded of you by God. And Peter opened his mouth. What's about to happen here? This good, God-fearing, giving, wonderful man is about to get saved. He was not saved up until this point. He was on his way to hell, no matter how good he was, but he's about to hear just the simple gospel. Peter's just going to give him the gospel. He says, Peter opened his mouth and he said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. What's that mean? The word partiality just means that God doesn't take sides. He doesn't show favoritism. He doesn't exhibit bias. He doesn't show discrimination or partiality. He He doesn't treat one person better than another. While society may make distinctions among people, God's love and his grace is available for all. And it can be received by anyone. Peter says, I'm learning. I'm about to preach the gospel to people I'm not even supposed to be hanging out with. But God, he's not like me. He's not like us. The gospel, the book of Acts, is about it reaching everybody. Verse 35 says, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word of God was sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of all. That word that you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, from the baptism that John preached. Verse 38 says, and, and now this is the gospel in a nutshell. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, Acts 10, 38. This just sums up everything. Verse 38, he's preaching and he says, there was a man, there are God anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit there's the trinity god anointed jesus with the holy spirit and with power and jesus went about doing good what what was jesus's main mission the number one thing right here it says jesus was anointed to do good god clothed him with power. Not just to be a great preacher and not just to be a great healer. No, he anointed this man to do good. I believe if somebody dropped their groceries, Jesus helped pick them up. I believe if old ladies crossing the street, Jesus, he was anointed to do good. And you and I, I believe the moment we obey goodness, the moment we decide we have a choice to do good, and you obey that goodness, there's an anointing from God that comes upon you that, that, that you, begin to just do good and the work of Jesus just envelops your life so he said it, God anointed Jesus to do good and to heal all everybody say all aren't you glad you don't say some God anointed Jesus with power to heal some. No, he says all. If you study the Bible, Jesus never turned anyone away. He never said, come back tomorrow. He never said, oh, well, you need to be forgiven first or your sins, they're they're horrible. Jesus healed them all. Every person that was hungry when he fed the 5,000, he didn't say, you know what? You've already eaten too much. No, no, he he was an all type Jesus. That's what he was. That's who he is. God anointed him to heal all. All who were oppressed by the devil. We see right there where oppression comes from. A lot of times people blame God. But it's very clear. God sent Jesus to heal them all. And the reason that they all needed healing was because of the devil. It doesn't say God sent Jesus to heal people that were afflicted by him. No, Dodo? No, it says God anointed Jesus to undo the works of the devil. The devil is the bad one here. God anointed Jesus to heal. That's what it was all about. Don't blame God. Blame the devil. Oppression comes from the devil. For God was with him. I got to hurry. Verse 39 it says. And we are all Peter saying. And we were all witnesses of these things. In other words. I saw it with my own eyes. I lived with Jesus. We witnessed it. He did both in the land of the Jews. And in Jerusalem. Whom they killed. But they killed him. By hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up. On the third day. And he showed him openly not to all people but to us witnesses chosen before by God even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead in other words he said there's no doubt he's not dead I don't care what you've heard I don't care what your Roman officers are telling you that somebody stole the body baloney we ate with him he ain't dead he's alive Verse 42, he says, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And to him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name, there it is, right back to, back to Acts chapter 3, through his name. Aren't you glad they're starting to learn about this name thing? Before that, they didn't quite understand this whole name thing. They wanted Jesus to be with him everywhere. But he said, listen, the day is coming. You're not going to need me. In my name, you'll cast out devils in my name you'll lay hands on the sick in my name you'll have access into God's presence so he says in the name whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins now Cornelius he's getting fired up now baby he's ready verse 44 we're almost done it says while Peter was still speaking these things the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word I don't care where the Word of God is going forth. If it's, if it's around the water cooler, if it's at a shindig, if it's at a church. When the Word of God is going forth, just anything is possible. Anything is possible. You've got a man and all of his kinfolks that are hungry for God. And the Word of God now is coming forth and their hunger, they're pulling on God, God's pulling on them, and now things are about to happen. It says, and those who were of the circumcision who believed, they were astonished, as many that came with Peter, the other puzzle pieces there are just hanging out there, They're not the main figures, but they're they're watching all this stuff go down. It says the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on these Gentiles, these Roman soldiers. The the gift of God is being poured out on them. How did they know it? Verse 46, it says, they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. So all of a sudden, they just start magnifying God. They run out of English. The Holy Spirit picks up because they just run out of English. If you remember in Acts chapter 2, we looked at that. The Bible says that they all... All got together and the, the the Holy Spirit comes in and there's one they're saying the wonderful works of God and I don't know if you're like me but I've stood outside before and said God you're so stinking amazing my goodness how you make that I couldn't make like a half a star much less all that and you, I mean you just you just run out of words like God thank you for my shoelaces God thank you for my thank you for my sandals thank you for my kids thank you for my toothbrush I mean you just run out of words magnifying God and then the Holy Spirit just kicks in and says okay. Okay, well then I'll help. So the Holy Spirit comes in, and you notice here nobody nobody shook them. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hold on, hold on. Let go, let go. You know if you've been in some church services, I mean they just they just they just go out of their way trying to get you like, by God, speak, say Hyundai, Hyundai, say whatever shimano shimano going fishing whatever say i mean they're just trying to get you to say things but but you notice none of that happened here no no peter wasn't slapping anybody nothing and listen i've been in some great church services i'm not talking against anything but i'm saying listen whenever you're hungry for god can no man stop it and no man has to get involved whenever you're hungry for god jesus said the hungry and the thirsty shall be filled Period. He don't need your help. If you want to help, then you can get involved. But a lot of times it just makes a mess of it. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the head of the church, knows how to get her done. He just does. So he says, He heard, they speak with other tongues. They're magnifying God. And Peter answered, Can anybody forbid that these men, these Roman soldiers, that they should not be baptized? For they've already received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked Him to stay for a few days. That's Acts chapter 10, verse. uh, Acts chapter 10. Man, I got, oh, I got, it's it's 11 o'clock. I got to close. But I just want to read two chapters. I mean, two chapters. We wish. Uh, Acts chapter 11 I just want to read the first two verses because what I want to close with is this 11 uh, chapter it's not even up there it says now the apostles and the brethren who were at Judea they started hearing that the Gentiles are getting saved God's fallen on the Gentiles. They're receiving the word of God. And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, in other words, the Jewish religious people, they contended with Peter. And they said, you went to an uncircumcised man's house and you ate with them? What are they doing there? The religious people are starting to, they're they're giving Peter a hard time. They're starting to whoop him. They're saying, now you went to an uncircumcised man's house and preached the word of God to him? Are you crazy? You're not supposed to be in there. And then right after that, I love this. Verse 3, it says, But Peter explained it to them in the order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and and a trance came upon me, and I saw a vision. And Peter just starts to nice and easy just explain to these people that have an argument commitment His experience. So I just want to close with, but I don't care where you're at with God or what you've got going on. There's always going to be people that come at you with an argument. But you don't have to get mad at them. You don't have to backbite them. You don't have to throw spears at them. No, they're going to throw enough spears. You could just nice and easy say, you know what? I was going to a movie. And and I looked up and there were some signs at the movie. And I thought, what kind of crazy church would have church? And I showed up and God met me there. And I don't know why and I don't know how, and I don't understand. You say, I went to a small group, and I was dealing with this. And I know you may think it's crazy that I went to this small group because those people are not like the way I was raised. But I went there, and the Word of God was spoken, and the Holy Spirit came in and mixed with that Word of God, and I was helped. And, and all, everything that I had a problem with, Jesus showed up and healed it all. So I don't care if you've only been saved a month or a week or two months. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. There's always going to be people that are going to say this or say that. You just say, you know what? I, I once was blind, but now I see. You remember that story of that man that he was totally blind and they're trying to ram. They're like, who did this? Who did this? He says, listen, man, all I can tell you, I don't know if he was supposed to do it on the Sabbath or not. Who cares? I once was blind and baby, now I can see. And he just starts jumping around going bananas. Why? Well, because that man has been, been blind his whole life. Oh, Lord Jesus. Mm. Well, praise God. I, man, we could just go to Acts chapter 11. Let's pray together this morning. I had. Have-